You are now listening to the Legends Lingo Podcast. Here are your hosts, Al Powder and Maddie D. What's up, everybody? Welcome back in Legends Lingo Podcast, episode 260. We're finally in the 260s. Feels like it's been absolutely forever since we've been able to just say a new number. We've been like 251, 252. Yes, I know numbers go in order, people. You don't have to tell me that. I know. I teach numbers for a living. I get it. Nerd. Alan Higgin here. That really obnoxious voice is Maddie Burnett. Maddie, this episode is just going to be, I mean, let's put it like it is. It's it's a, it's a, okay, so real quick, it's a Maddie and Al episode. You are you like how I put you first this time? I actually gave you the decency. God, first time in your life you haven't put yourself first in goddamn anything. Wonder how your girlfriend feels about that. Ah, it's okay. I try to put her first. I do the best I can. Uh, Alan Higgin, Matt Burnett here. No Tom Powder Cadmus, and it's not his fault. We were originally, well, let's put it this way. This is the episode after Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day to all the couples out there and all the single people that are still holding up strong and being independent people that don't need another person to make them happy. So, oh, shine, Zach Jesse Arrow. That's right. <laughs> Shout out to Zach. Shout out to all the singles. <laughs> Shout out to all the couples. So yeah, so we usually record on Wednesday nights. We're recording on Thursday, February 15th. We figured it would be good to not record on Valentine's Day so we could all spend time with our significant others. Powder is out with... Yes, <laughs> yes wait. Powder is out with his significant other and his family. So we are going to respect that at this time. Maddie, I, I feel like I have to ask you because otherwise you'll just yell and... and bicker and complain and be really mean and scary um how was your valentine's day with your lady um it was all right we spent some good time together um truth be told our anniversary our one year anniversary uh it's coming up on monday on president's day um so we're more like excited for that than valentine's day it was good you know got some flowers um did we have a romantic? No, we didn't have a romantic dinner. That was the night before. Wow, your uh, Valentine's Day was that good. You didn't even remember what you had, what you ate, or anything else. I remember, what we, ate for I remember what we ate for dinner last night. It was delicious. Of course, because of course you just remember the food. You don't remember the significance of the day. You don't remember the gifts. You don't remember anything else. It's just all there. To be fair, Al, the night before Valentine's Day, we went to Texas Roadhouse. We had a good time. We also went to Dunkin' Donuts in the morning. Where I actually gave Lindsay, my my girlfriend, I guess that's the name drop right there. Uh, I gave her my $15 gift card to Dunkin' Donuts that I had have that I just found. So I just gave it to her and said, here, you'll use this. So here, so I gave it to her. So she was able to get herself breakfast that morning. And then we went to Texas Roadhouse and I paid for it. Wow. You are a little bit of a gentleman. I've taught you well. I'm proud of you. Good job. And then, there was a, and then on our coffee table, there were some roses that I got her. Okay, so you're actually you're actually doing the right things. Good for you, Maddie. I can't imagine. I, I let me guess. Wait, let's see. What did you do with your nickname, Canada? What'd you do, Al? Anything good? So when we got home, we made a nice home cooked meal together. I will even tell you what the meal was. We had some nice steak, some nice garlic mashed potatoes, a little bit of broccoli thrown in there, and then we went on a little night date to uh, this little place down the street in Dorchester called Lazy Bear Creamery. Shout out to Lazy Bear. They have some good hot chocolate. We got a nice little hot chocolate. We came back. We watched our show together. And we had a nice little night. And we're going out to dinner Friday. So as we're recording, you're probably, I've already heard this. So we've probably already gone out on Friday. But we're going out on Friday. 
to a nice little place in Boston to kind of be like the big like dinner and gifts and everything. So we make sure we do it right. So so we were happy with it. So that's all that matters. Yep, sorry, my significant other is doing a motion to me right now that I got distracted by. I don't want to do it on camera. See, it, it, of course, of course, it's, I listen to you. I give you all the time, my attention, and all I'm left with is just neglect. No, I was listening and, to you. And just, okay. That all sounds good. That's good that you guys are going out on uh, Friday to, um, to, to, you know, do it right. It's good. I know uh, she's a lucky lady to have you. Well, thank you. That's that's nice of you to say now, after you didn't listen the first time, and that's I had to. But I showed you the that she was doing. I think you'd get scared. So, well, I mean, anything your girlfriend does as far as motion scares me. So, I, what's the difference now? Well, we tell you involved a um, certain finger. That's all I'm gonna say. Is it the one that's next to the ring and in between the pointer? No, actually, it's the one that's in between the pinky and the middle. Oh wow. In a different language, huh? No, I'm saying like this. It, never mind, Alan. Never mind. Hey, listen, you so said between, between, between. Yes, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Don't worry. I, I picked it up. Don't worry. She's swearing at you in a different language and she wants something else. I get it. Don't worry. We get it. We all get it because I get the same exact thing. Anyways, let's get into some you are, stuff. You and I are in our own personal hell together. Great. All right. Yep. Let's go. Let's All right. Let's, let, let's talk about this. So uh, to Maddie's sadness and misery and pain, the football season is over. The Kansas City Chiefs have repeated as Super Bowl champions. First time this has been done since the 2003-2004 New England Patriots. And... It was a 25-22 final score. Went into overtime. It was 19-19. to San Francisco gets the ball first, goes down, kicks a field goal. Kansas City goes right down, scores a touchdown, and ends up winning the game 25-22. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Andy Reid all have three Super Bowls in five years, and Taylor Swift has her first Super Bowl as a girlfriend or a wife. So a wag, as they call it, wife and girlfriend. So, and as far as the game is concerned, Maddie, I don't know how you felt about it, but kind of just opening take. I felt like the first half went by really, really slow. Like it was like painful yeah. to almost watch. And then the second yeah, half, I would text each other like, "Oh my god, this sucks." Exactly. And then the second half, it actually started to pick up a little bit. It started to actually have some offense. You saw some excitement. You saw some good moments. And then, in overtime, I think we all can agree once the. Once the Chiefs got past that fourth and one situation that was basically like half a yard, you knew that they were going to go down and score. Like the way they were just moving the ball and everything, you knew it was over. You just knew. So again, shout out to the Kansas City Chiefs for winning their third Super Bowl in five years. And shout out to the whole community of Kansas City that actually went through a shooting during the Super Bowl parade. Uh, I believe it was one dead, a lot injured. Maybe it's 22 injured or something like that. It's just, it's the same thing every time. Not that we're neglecting it, but it's, I mean, until there's change, it's going to be the same thing all the time. It's going to be something like this happens. We all send prayers and condolences and everything. We talk about how changes, you know, should happen. And then it doesn't happen. Then it happens again. So there needs to be yeah. something that happens. And it's, it's really sad to, to think that 
this is the society we continue to live in. But here we are. You got to vote. That's all I'm going to say. But as for the game itself, I'll get into my thoughts on the Super Bowl now. Please go. First half, I mean, it was a defensive slugfest. That's what it was. If you're a fan of defense, uh, the first half was was uh, was great for you. You loved it. Se- second, then Usher takes the stage. Um, which what you think of Usher, Al? What'd you think? I liked Usher. I liked I liked his old stuff. I mean, I was actually one of the few people at the Super Bowl party that actually knew all of his songs. And then people are looking at me well, like, "How do you party?" Oh, all right, good for you. I know. I actually have like friends somewhat, so it's nice. Oh, good. All right, excellent. Yeah, so uh, I I thought it was awesome the halftime show. Uh, him and Alicia were great together. Luda and Lil John, uh, Jermaine Dupree, her. Oh, awesome. Um, Did you see someone on Twitter made a stink about it about Usher and Alicia Keys? Who was it? Um, cares. You know what I'm talking about, right? They have, they have no like, they have no intimate feelings with each other. Who cares? Moving on. Like literally, Usher got married. Like Usher literally got married on Saturday. Like the day before the Super Bowl, he got married. Anyways, yeah. Um, second half happens. Yeah, you know, it was good back and forth. Good game. Third quarter. Uh, you know, Niners. The Shanahan um, meltdown happens, and I think it's really terrible coaching where. Your team doesn't know the overtime rules. Right now, how do you not know the rules? Of like, the how do you not know? Like, now imagine if the 49ers scored a touchdown in overtime and they're celebrating, thinking they won the Super Bowl. Imagine how funny that would have been. And they had to be told that, hey, uh, Kansas City actually has a chance to tie you guys. Definitely. But, God. Um, obviously, the 49ers losing Dre. Um, was it Kinlaw, Greenlaw? What happened? Yeah, Greenlaw. Greenlaw is the last name. Greenlaw, yeah. Horrible way. Horrible way. Oh, awful. Yeah, the guy's literally running on the, doing a routine running on the field and tears his Achilles. But yeah. that's the thing with Achilles injuries. They happen in the weirdest way. They do. You can literally just be walking and then all of a sudden you just take one step wrong and it's full gone. I could walk I could walk to my bathroom after we run a report. I could tear my Achilles. Like that that's what it's like, basically. Um but yeah, I literally I picked Kansas City to win the game. I I knew it was gonna happen. You know, we got a dynasty, back to back chips. Um, yeah. Uh, my last thing to say is uh, Travis Kelsey. Uh, don't do that to Andy Reid ever again. Uh, yeah, I just, yeah, that was but, terrible. Tra- Travis Kelsey getting in the face like violently of his big coach. I'm thinking him over. Like I get being upset. Like, like, I absolutely get that, but you can't be doing that to your head coach. You can't be yelling physical. physical. If that was a regular season game, oh, Reed's benching him for the rest of the game. Oh, absolutely, and probably the next game, too. But the fact that it's the Super Bowl, the fact that tempers are, you know, tempers are flaring and everything. Imagine if they lost that game, how that story yeah. would have been, like, just... I mean, it's still news, but it would have been, like, back page of the New York Post type of uh, type of news. No, it's, it's, been, it's still it still would have been headlines for a couple of days. So I'm speaking of headlines. Some people are now talking because obviously Patrick Mahomes has won his third Super Bowl. People were comparing numbers between him and Brady between their first like three Super Bowls and kind of first however many years in the league. I think it's almost ten years now for Mahomes has been in the league for a while now. 2017, so this 18, 19, 20, I mean, this was his sixth season as a starter. This was his sixth, yes, because he's been to four Super Bowls in six years. Yep. It's won three. I know. It's pretty good. 
So let me ask you this. And I think this is a fair question to ask at this point, but I think there's also a clear cut answer. Is Patrick Mahomes in that same category as Tom Brady? Yet. In what sense, though? Because In the sense of being you could put him as one of the best, if not the best quarterbacks to ever play this game. Because I think he's I think he's on his way. He's on his way. I think he is going to be one of the at the end of his career. I think he will be one of the best of all time. He will never be the best because the best beat him in the Super Bowl. The best has never lost to him. That's true. That is the thing. And not only that, you to that point, he denied so Brady denied Patrick Mahomes a Super Bowl in the Super Bowl, like you said, and he also denied him a chance in basically his first season starting to go to the Super Bowl. So Brady is 2-0 and against Mahomes in those matchups in the playoffs. So whether it's the Super Bowl or a conference championship, whatever it is. So you can't tell me that Patrick Mahomes is at that level. Now, he has a dynasty. That's fair to say because they've won three in five years and been to four in five years, similar to what the Patriots did in their heyday. But guess what? The conversation I think can really happen, Maddie, when he wins that fourth ring. When he wins that fourth one, whenever that that's is. when you start talking. I agree. That's that's when you can have a legitimate conversation and bring up legitimate points about, you know what? He's over halfway now. He's four-sevenths of the way there to get to Brady. And you know what? It doesn't look like the Chiefs are going to be slowing down anytime soon because there's rumors no. that they could, they could be hunting a big name free agent wide receiver in the in the free agent market so yeah. they can go out and get i'm just saying for example i'm not saying they will get these guys but like a mike evans or a t higgins or someone like that to already go into that offense that won the super bowl without leading it yeah that, that you're in trouble uh Mahomes, by the way went three and three in his career against brady one and two with the patriots two and one with the bucks so there so there you have it. so but owen but owen two when it's mattered the most yes exactly so, again, I think, like, some people are already saying Mahomes is the second-best quarterback to ever play the game. I think we need to slow down a little bit on those because guys oh. like a guy like Peyton Manning has something to say about that. Like, I know Manning's only won two Super Bowl rings, but even so, like, the passing numbers and everything else. Like, Patrick Mahomes is good. Don't get me wrong. He's probably the best quarterback in the league, and especially yes. right now. No, there's no debating who the best quarterback in the league is. It is Patrick Mahomes. And especially uh, right now, winning-wise, he's the best winner in yeah. the NFL. But you can't sit there and tell me that Patrick Mahomes is the second-best quarterback to ever play in the NFL. That's just not the case. Yeah. I think he's top five right now of all time. Like, if he were to say, all right, I'm going to retire right now. I mean, he's the first ballot, in my opinion. At the, he's already he's he secured it. At the absolute worst. Top 10. The absolute worst. Absolute worst top 10, but it's like, when you think of the top five, you throw Brady, you throw Montana, you throw Peyton. Who the heck? I don't know if you could throw it four, honestly. Maybe you throw him at four, actually. Maybe. So. But there's no, it's like, the thing is, like I say to everyone, I hate the Chiefs because they're good. Right, exactly. That's why you hate it. Because like, the this is a very fun team to watch, and they're going to get even more entertaining next year. Because us as Patriots fans had that. That's what we were experiencing. The constant winning, the constant championships, the fact that players wanted to come play for us. And now, just like how the Patriots flamed out the Chiefs, when their time come runs out, which is going to be, I think, sooner rather than later, 
I think they have another Super Bowl in them. But I think after that, I think that's going to be it because they have a lot of salary cap problems. They have to figure out how to pay guys. Chris Jones might be a guy that they might have to get rid of. I know he said he's playing on saying Travis Kelsey. Like they have guys that they should pay, but they're not going to be able to pay because they gave Patrick Mahomes such a big contract. Now, if they rework Mahomes' contract, then maybe we can have a different conversation. But right now, I don't see how they can keep up with that type of winning unless Mahomes does the Brady way and keeps taking discounts. Yeah, I mean, I think like I think the Chiefs right now too have a pretty. When you look at their free agent list, it's like, oh boy, like there's some names on there where it's like they're gonna have to bring them back, otherwise they won't be the same team next year. They're still gonna be very good next year. Don't get me wrong; they're probably still gonna win the AFC West, but um, you know, there there's some names. I think Chris Jones is on there. Uh, I forget who else is on there, but like he's like the main one that they need to bring back. So here's here's what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say it's the NFL needs the Chiefs to stop winning. Someone needs to dethrone them. I know they had that one year where Brady beat them. I know they had the year that the Rams won the Super Bowl and Joe Burrow and uh what's the kicker's name? Evan McPherson, you know, beat the Chiefs and knocked them out of the playoffs and everything in the AFC championship. But guess what? Next year. You better make sure that you are ready if you're opposing teams because the Chiefs are going to be hunting for that three-peat to prove that they're one of the best dynasties of all time. You know what, Al, because this is a this is a Maddie B and Al episode, I have three Super Bowl matchups for next year that I'd like to see. Okay, what do, you, what do you got? All right, the first one is Ravens and Lions, what we all wanted this year. Yes, I like that a lot. Okay. The next one were well, the Ravens winning, by the way. Uh, okay. I think, the, I think the Ravens would win that. I think the next right. one is a rematch, actually, of the Chiefs and Eagles, but with the Eagles winning this time. That would be. I great. want to see Jalen. I want to see Jalen Hurts, Devonta Smith, um, Dallas Goddard, AJ Brown, Jalen Carter, Big Jordan Davis. I want to see them get a ring. Like, the Eagles are too good to not get a ring. That's how good they've been. I know they sucked. They absolutely tanked second half of last season. But that's still, they're still too damn good to, good of a team to not get a ring. Get at least one. This kind of Eagles getting the death look for my girlfriend right now. And then the third matchup is a fun one. This one would be absolutely entertaining because the Super Bowl next year out in New Orleans. It's in Louisiana. Who are the two of the NFL's two biggest stars from LSU right now? Joe Burrow. Uh, I was going to say the other one. I was going to say Jamar Chase. They're on the same team. Yeah, and they're from L. Yeah, and they went to LSU. So imagine them going into New Orleans to play the Super Bowl against the 49ers. Angles 49ers. That wouldn't be too bad. But then the 49ers winning it with Kyle Shanahan finally getting over the hump. Yeah, now Kyle. all of a sudden you are villainizing Joe. Now all of a sudden Joe Burrow has absolute revenge the following season and goes off and wins an MVP in the Super Bowl. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan drives me nuts because he just cannot, cannot. He cannot. can't close games out. He can't do he it. Can't do it. I don't get what it is with him. I don't get it either. It's ridiculous. He just doesn't know the rules. He just he got away from a game plan that was working. 
And that was run the ball with Christian McCaffrey, set up the pass, and they got away from running in the third quarter. Yeah, was had, I didn't understand. McCaffrey only touched the ball one time in the third quarter. Why? I don't know, because Kyle Shanahan is a moron. That's what he is. He's a loser. He can't win the big games. But <laughs> Offensive player of the year barely touched the ball in the second half. What the hell? I don't know. I just, I don't get it. I don't get Kyle Shanahan. I think he's ridiculous. I think he's dumb. I think he makes bad coaching decisions. He should have at least two Super Bowls right now. One as a coordinator and one as a head coach, but he doesn't. And that's, and there's he a should have line. three. No, he should have three. The 49ers. At least two. At least two. Maybe three. They had the Chiefs beat in 2020. They had to beat again. I know. And then with the Falcons, it's 2016. It right. Right, so like I, he should have three right now. He should have three, and we should be considering Kyle Shanahan a top fifteen coach of all time. We should that right now, but instead we're clowning on him because he can't close out a goddamn game. Ugh, Kyle Shanahan's so much fun to talk so much crap about. It's great. It's so much fun. Oh god! All right, so it's a bad B and L episode now. We are. All right. Are we good on the Super Bowl? We're good with that. Or good on the Super Bowl. All right. Let's 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 break it up a little bit. We'll come back to football in a second. Let's talk basketball real quick. The Boston Celtics are officially 43-12 and 12, heading into the All-Star break. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, the two representatives of the Celtics, for the NBA All-Star game in Indiana. Jalen Brown, a part of the dunk contest. Might have to sprinkle a little money on uh, Jalen Brown to win the dunk contest. That might I'm excited to watch that on Saturday night. It's actually a good lineup. For once with the dunk contest. I know. It's like him, McClung, and then there's a couple other guys that are in there, too, that are oh, actually really yeah. good. Uh, Jacob Toppin, I think, is another one that's in there. Yeah, but, look. but anyways, so that's happening. Celtics are six games above everybody else in the Eastern Conference. They have the best record in the NBA. 27 games remaining. Joe Missoula has 100 wins now in his career as a Celtics head coach. So shout out to Joe Missoula. Shout out to all the people that wanted Missoula fired after one season last season, considering he didn't even have his own coaching staff and considering he was given the job basically a month before the season started. Like, again, you people jump to conclusions all the time. Let's chill out, please. But anyways, I want to talk about what I want to talk about. I know we talked about it a little bit last week. Uh, Celtics made a couple moves to get back in the swing of things with the... Trade deadline, they traded for Grizzlies forward, Xavier Tillman. And they also traded for 76ers guard dash forward, Jaden Springer. Neither have made their Celtics debuts yet as they both as they both are dealing with injuries. But Maddie, I'm gonna say this. I think both of them fit the exact needs of what the Celtics need. Because That's right. because, and here's why. Tillman, I think, is gonna be your third man off the bench, especially if it's gonna be a more physical battle. I think if you get like, a, and I'm just using it as the example, if you get like a Porzingis type of center, I think Luke Cornett can handle that style of play. But if you get the big bruising center, and I know we talked about this a little bit last week, but if you get a big guy like Joel Embiid or DeAndre Jordan or someone of that structure, Luke Cornett cannot keep up strength-wise with those type of players. And I think Xavier Tillman, yeah, he's only six foot eight, six foot nine, but I think he still is good enough and athletic enough to cover those big men. So that way, if Porzingis gets in foul trouble or Al Horford gets in foul trouble, you have a third big off the bench that you can go to. So that's where I like Xavier Tillman. Jaden Springer, a defensive first type of guy, 
doesn't really have a lot of offensive game, but he has a lot of upside. But just the defensive intensity to go in there and say, hey, for five minutes, go cover, like, Nikola Jokic, go cover, like, Damian Lillard, go cover, I don't know, uh, Donovan Mitchell, like, go cover the other team's best player. That's what I like about Jaden Springer, and I think he's going to give some really valuable minutes off the bench and is someone that Celtics fans should be very, very excited about. So I just want your quick thoughts overall. How did they do with the trade deadline? How did Trader Brad? By the way, real quick, by the way, he gets the nickname Trader Brad now. He has made big trade after big trade and good trade after good trade. So Trader Brad, go ahead, man. Trader Brad uh, strikes gold again, I think. Um, Instead of going after a big name, he went to the bench, looked at the bench and said, what do I need to do? How can I improve my bench? And he went out and got Tillman. Who, from what I saw from how Grizzlies fans are reacting online, was a great. This is they're upset about the trade. Um, they're upset that they lost Tillman. So it's like, all right, cool. Jaden Springer again. You said everything I would say. Out just this. This was a great trade deadline for the Celtics. Uh, now that they, they sit with the best record, I think in the NBA, the All Star break. Um, looking forward. Looking forward to uh, to seeing how they are. Second half now, second half, uh, lasts what like 32 games, something like that, before the playoffs start. Um, yeah. so it's gonna be it's gonna be fun, I think, these next 32 games. Um, great, great moves by Brad again. Can't emphasize it enough, but I'm gonna tell you something, Maddie. Their eight game stretch out of the all star break is not easy at all. So, after. Uh, after the All-Star break, they are at Chicago, which, I mean, Chicago's not, they're not. I mean, like, they're not, uh, they're not a good team, but they're not a bad team. Man. Right. They're they're very mediocre. The Knicks have yeah. kind of fallen off. The 76ers don't have Embiid right now, so obviously that's kind of a help. But then you have, excuse me, starting in March, you have Dallas at home. You have Golden State at home. You have Cleveland on the road. You have Denver on the road. You have Phoenix on the road. That's a tough five game stretch. All right, who did the Celtics piss off? Like, who did they piss off? I don't know, but then it gets, but then it gets a little easier because then their next five games, they're at Portland, and we know Portland's kind of, you know, down in the dumps this year. They're not crappy, really doing, yeah. yeah, they're crappy. The Jazz aren't that great. The Suns at home. I mean, even the Suns, like, I know they got Durant, I know they got Beal, I know they have Booker, but. They haven't really played together much this season. They've been injury-prone the whole year, so they're not as good as they should be. At the Wizards, home against the Pistons, and you're home against the Bucks, which, I mean, the Bucks are going downhill right now. They actually just signed uh, Danilo Gallinari today to a contract, so he's going to be off their bench. But then you're at the Pistons, at the Bulls, at the Hawks for two in a row, which I find very weird, but whatever. But again, I like how all of our hard games are like just bunched together. I know. It's like, okay. So funny. Okay. But here's the thing. Like, I think the Celtics could go like two and three in that stretch. And I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to go like three and two or four and one in that stretch, truthfully. Probably three and two. You know, and like, what's crazy too with all the games you just mentioned, I've only heard like two or three losses that entire time. I know. It's like, listen, as long as the Celtics don't monumentally screw it up, like they're getting the number one seat. Like, knock on wood. We just got to stay healthy. That's the other thing. We got to stay healthy. That's the big thing, too. Keep Porzingis healthy. 
and I give them credit. They've been smart. Any little injury he's had, they haven't risked it. They've been like, you know what? Come out for this game. We'll sit you the next game. And then when you're 100% ready to go, we'll bring you back. And it's worked out. Look at the look at the Nets series. He didn't play on Tuesday in Brooklyn. Then he plays on Wednesday. I don't know the exact numbers, but he was a big impact on the, especially on the offensive end of the floor. I mean, just looking at hey, it. They're making sure he's not doing back-to-backs, basically. Yeah, he had 15 points in 16 minutes, which is fine. You didn't need him to play that much in that game. Which, again, like, you don't have to play him that much. So, again, I think the deadline went really well. The Celtics now have the All-Star break. So, we'll see what happens. Out of the All-Star break, a couple games that it should be manageable, but then a really tough five-game stretch. Then it lightens up over the next, like, 10 or so. So hopefully the Celtics will claim the number one seat in the East more like sooner rather than later. That's kind of the big thing here. But yeah, anything else in the Celtics before we kind of move on? Um, no, but I'm looking forward to seeing Jalen uh, dunk some balls uh, Saturday night. Me too. And by the way, here's just a little Celtics stat for you. Boston is on pace to win 64 games. They have a six-game lead on the Cavs. We're at 36 and 17 with 29 games left on their schedule. Boston owns the tiebreaker, so if Boston gets to 64 wins, the Cavs would need to get to 65, which means the Cavs would have to go 29-0 and 0 the rest of the way. Yeah, that ain't happening. All right, perfect. Exactly. Like, the Celtics should be able to win, like, 20 more games. They should. Yeah. All right. Do we go back into football? Then we'll do a little baseball, then we'll be out of here for the night, for the week? Let's get baseball out of the way, because let's do it. It's like an Oreo. It's like, all right, you got football with the top cookie part. The cream is everything else, and then you got football at the bottom. Wouldn't you want football to be the cream part, though? Because isn't the cream the best part of the world? Well, yeah, we already screwed up because, like, we started with football, so. How about it's like a sandwich? I was going to say golden Oreo. You could say the golden Oreo. Golden Oreo, yeah. Not a regular double-stuffed Oreo. I don't want to disrespect that. No, of course not. All right, so just a couple things about the Patriots. Then we have a little fun thing with the Patriots that Maddie and I talked about this week that we want to debut to you all. Uh, but first, before we do that, Red Sox... So the Red Sox have opened up their spring training. Alex Cora had his press conference to kind of open up spring training. He was asked about his contract. He said he felt very comfortable about how things are. He has one year left on his contract, which is this upcoming 2024 season. And the way it sounded, Maddie, it sounded like Alex Cora was a guy that knew after this season he's not going to be around any longer. He knows that if he can go to a team that can contend right away, he's going to do it. And he also said he's not going to be like Terry Francona that's going to, you know, manage for another 10 years. So his time as manager is going to be coming to an end way sooner rather than later than we thought. So it's just, uh, the the one thing I just want to say with this is it makes me really sad to think that the Red Sox really wasted potentially the last three years of, of Alex Cora's tenure by giving him a really crappy team not upgrading when they should, and being a team that operates on a low payroll. And it's going to make me really sad when Alex Cora leaves because I genuinely love Alex Cora being in Boston. I was so happy the day they rehired Alex Cora to come back as Red Sox manager. But now it looks like they're just going to waste the opportunity, and Alex Cora knows that he's out the door. So I don't know how you feel about it, 
But to me, it's like the end is sooner rather than later. And it's it's so upsetting. I, I can't even I can't even take it. I mean, it might be a good thing, though, Al, because when you look at the state of the team right now, obviously, ownership, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Might be a good thing just to get a new fresh face in the building to lead the team. That's all. That's all I can say. I got nothing against Cora, but that, that's really all I can think is, you know, all right, new Arab team. Let's get let's get a new face to run, to run the place. I think that's a fair take. I, I think that that's a take that some people would give. How you're thinking? It's like okay, like just it's it's just like the Patriots. Get a new face in there. Get someone, you know, that can give you a new perspective, a, a fresh new look, so to speak. So again, I, I think I'm really gonna miss Alex Cora, and that's what's gonna stink. But you know, again, don't be upset when he leaves because he's doing the right thing by his family and you know for his career. So that's all I have on the situation. I, I had nothing else on it. So, Maddie, unless you want to chime in even more, we can just kind of move on. Let's move on. Okay, let's move on indeed. So we'll move back into football. But before we do that, we just got to give a quick shout out to our friends at A&B Kitchen and Bar. Whether you are at the game or you want the atmosphere of the game without actually being at the game, you can check out AB Kitchen Bar, AB Burgers, two locations, both in Boston, Mask, and Beverly, Mask. They have everything you could want the great meals, locally crafted beers, great entertainment. We're still trying to talk about getting an event going potentially, but we'll see if that happens. Maybe during like the summer. Something's in, something's in the works. We don't want to spoil it yet, but we don't. Something's in the works. Something is indeed in the works. So hopefully we'll uh, get that into fruition. Uh, but in the meantime, if you go to AB Kitchen Bar, AB Burgers, tell them that the Legends Legal Boys sent you over. Again, shout out to our friends at AB Kitchen Bar, AB Burgers. So we're going to wrap up with some Patriots talk and a fun little thing that Maddie and I did. Just a couple kind of quick hitter topics, and then we'll get into our main thing. Uh, the Patriots' new Dynasty series is coming out on Apple TV, and it's supposed to give a lot of really good stories. Uh, there's already been some quotes and everything. Tom Brady was even quoted supposedly to say that no matter what happened, he wasn't going to be resigning after the 2019 season just because the situation with Belichick had been so... He And he's not saying this, I'm paraphrasing, but he just had enough of it, which, I mean, I don't blame yeah, him anyway. He wanted out. He, yeah, he wanted he out because of Belichick. So, just real quick, Matty, what are you expecting from this dynasty series with the Patriots? Oh, that's, I'm expecting all the juice except for Butler. Uh, it's the only thing I know for a fact we're not getting because as usual, Belichick is asked about it and he says he's not talking about it. So, but I'm expecting I'm expecting to hear like, like basically the things that we don't hear after games and and mid midweek uh, press conferences. This is where you know like Tom's gonna sit down. I think Slater's in it. Belichick's in it. Kraft's in it. They're gonna say how they're really feeling. I think. I think so too. I think you're gonna get raw emotion and just raw opinions and just everything that you're feeling for. I can't wait. On Friday when I have an Apple TV account. I think uh I think Courtney does. So either way my lady does. So well uh, tomorrow night we're actually firing it up and uh getting right into it. <laughs> as soon as I'm I get home from dinner, I'm telling the lady, I'm like, listen, you do whatever you want. You can You can, um, you can watch TV. You can do whatever you can, you can, sorry, 
you can watch TV. Are you there, <laughs> yeah, I, I got a call and I wanted to make sure it went to uh to voicemail. But um you can watch TV, you can watch with me, you can do whatever you want, but I'm watching this documentary and that's that. It's gonna be good. It will be good. I think it will be. Um Supposedly, Kraft uh, has some juicy things to say about Hernandez, so that's what oh. I'm interested in. <laughs> I can't wait to hear that. One uh, oh more What the heck is he gonna say? <laughs> uh, Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. Supposedly, there was some toxicity between the two in the locker room. Supposedly, it got so bad that Bailey Zappi, during his rookie year, would go into the receivers' room to watch film. I don't know how much of it I really buy at this point, but I think it's just I think it just shows how chaotic it was at the end of the Belichick era, that it was just like, oh, of course, you know, the first round pick and the fourth round pick the following year don't get along. Oh, of course, there was so much dysfunction. Like, again, it's, it, I think it's one of those things where it's like, okay, cool, you read about it real quick, but you don't really, don't really take too much account into it. I don't know. Well, as the resident uh, person who has been saying since day one, yep, Mac sucks, uh, not surprising. It's, I, I don't think it's surprising that this type of stuff is coming out either. Whether it's true or not, who knows? But I mean, I just. Probably true. Maybe. Maybe. But. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, all right. So we're going to do this thing. It's not going to take too long, but we figured we would do something a little fun. We thought we would go back and talk about happy times in Boston sports history. We decided to go with football first. Maddie wanted to do a recent season. I wanted to do. Uh, season that was a little further back, and we're just no, missing. no. Say it right. What do you mean? Say no. So here's what happened because Al's not going to admit to it on camera. Oh, I wanted to do Maddie's. I wanted to do Maddie's, and he wanted it. So I was like, "All right, fine, I'll do something different." No, because what happened was before you you said, "Okay, let's do Patriots." And I said, "Perfect, I'll take the 2016 season," and then you got mad at me. Yeah, and then I said, "Fine, I'll do something different." Yeah, exactly. After you got mad at me. <laughs> Yes, I got mad for a second. Then I'm like, all right, whatever. Like, I'll do something but different. No, you exactly this if, like, we agreed on what we're doing. Like, no, you got mad. Yeah, you were hoping I would say a different season. We no. agreed on doing the topic of Patriot seasons, and then you took the pick that I would have picked. Yes, you're right. Because it's a great season. It's the, my favorite season of all time. <laughs> all right. Okay. So I'll go first because mine comes before Maddie. So basically, I want to talk about the 2001 season for a couple minutes. I mean, you had everything that you could imagine happen in that season. So just to kind of recap it. So the New England Patriots came in with these kind of expectations that they were going to be, you know, a team that improved on the season before. They had a really good draft class, a young defense. They had everything that you could really want. And game one of the season, they have Drew Bledsoe as their quarterback. They lose a very close game to the Cincinnati Bengals, actually, which I don't, not many people remember because obviously that first game doesn't get remembered, but they lost 23 to 17. It was actually kind of a, an upset for the Bengals because they weren't supposed to be really good that year. But then obviously in week two, the Mo Lewis hit on Drew Bledsoe happens. Tom Brady comes in. And then just take a look at some of the other things that happened during that season. A 44-13 drubbing of the Colts the next week. You beat the Chargers in overtime, RIP Terry Glenn for Tom Brady's first ever career touchdown pass, which is crazy to think about. Then you had, let's see, what other games did you had? You got to think about this too, Maddie. 
the Patriots were five and five after week 10. They lost to the Rams at who at the time were the defending Super Bowl champions by a touchdown. Terrell Buckley had a pick six against Kurt Warner that game. Like those are names you don't think about. Kurt Warner, you still hear about, but Terrell Buckley, yeah. you never he never hear that. Bucky Jones was another name they had. The Patriots. I remember, um, I remember after that game against the Rams, Mike Smart said, I'm not going to be surprised if we see this team in the Super Bowl. Do you know how, when the last time they lost that year was? Do you want to know the date? What? what are we November doing? 18th. That was the last time they lost that season. And they went a long time without losing that. Wow. After that, they rattled off wins at home against the Saints, at the Jets, home against the Browns, at the Bills, home against Miami, had a bye week, drubbed Carolina their last week of the season to get into the playoffs. And honestly, they had a lot of one-score games in that stretch. They beat the Jets by a point in New York. They beat Buffalo in overtime at Buffalo by a field goal. They beat Miami by a touchdown at home. But then obviously, you go through the postseason. The snowball game, the infamous top rule, which is now a 30 for 30, which is actually a pretty good one if you haven't seen it. Charles Woodson and Tom Brady are actually both in it. They talk about the play at Brady's house, which I think is hilarious. Then the Pittsburgh game where Brady goes down and then... Bledsoe comes in, saves the day, gets the Patriots to the Super Bowl. The Patriots still go with Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. The Ty Law pick six. The Richard Seymour would have been pick six, but was called back by a penalty. And then the drive from Brady down the field, and then Adam Vinatieri with the field goal to secure the first of many championships in Boston in the 21st century. And what was crazy, too, about the season, Maddie, was when Bledsoe was healthy enough, there was a quarterback controversy. Do you stick with Brady or do you go with Bledsoe? And, and I'll give credit to Bill where credit is due. He stepped up and he said, you know what? Brady's the guy here. So I don't know. That 2001 season, I was only eight years old when it happened, but I still remember a lot of those memories so vividly. And it's just so cool to see like the highlights and everything and to be like, wow, this team was not supposed to win it at all, but they did. And that started at all. to see. So... I don't know if I was going to ask you a couple of days, but I don't know if you even really remember that season because you were what five years old, six six years old. Yeah, I was young. I was I, I like still had a bedtime when I was a kid. When I was uh, for that Super Bowl, like I was a kid because what it was two thousand one, right? Yeah, so you would have been like five years oh, old. God, By the time at that Super uh, that season had kicked off, I was, or maybe you were even four years old. I was four. Wow, you were four years old and that happened. I was four, so Jeez. <laughs> Jeez, man. Yeah. I, that's that's all I have about the two thousand one season. So just a little right. throwback to memory to flashback to memory lane. So Maddie, you're up. I'm about to blow your mind with the research I did. God. All right. So you gotta think about the twenty sixteen <laughs> season. We're gonna go all the way back to free agency. Cause there are some there are some names. Uh that were brought in and there's three kind of like major names that they lost um, in free agency, which was Tavon Wilson, Akeem Mix, and Saliva Saliga. I don't know about pronouncing his name, right? Do you remember Saliva Salinga? I do. Yeah. And then when you see who they brought in, they brought, okay, they brought in some random people. And then you got Chris Hogan, Chris Long, um, Shay McClellan, those were really the big three that they brought in via free agency. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing about this season was that this is the deflate gate punishment season. Right. 
No first round pick. So in the draft, they bring in legend uh, Cyrus Jones, uh, Joe Tooney, who just won, a, just won another Super Bowl with the, with the Chiefs, even though he didn't play. Uh, Jacoby Brissett was in this class. Uh, le- the Patriots legend uh, Malcolm Mitchell and uh, Ted Karras, Eddie Landon Roberts, all in one draft class. Decent draft class, I will say. Not the best, but decent. Um, obviously, Brady suspended for the first four games of the year. Um, that sucked. We traded away Chandler Jones to the Cardinals to get Jonathan Cooper and a second-round pick. We traded our we traded to get John Bostick. We traded to uh, to get Martellus Bennett, and we traded a bunch of other picks and all that. I don't need to go through all that with you. Um, when you look at the undrafted free agents, because that's important with the Patriots, uh, Jonathan Jones. That's the big one. He's still on the team today. Yep. That's the big one. Um, again, Brady was suspended. Rob Nikovich got suspended as well for uh, banned substances. Those were the two big suspensions of the year. Um, this was the last time, I believe, that Patricia and McDaniels were coordinators for the Patriots because I think after this season was when Patricia went to Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, and you look at the roster that the Patriots had before I get into the regular season. Actually, wait a minute. No, it was the following year because the following, following year, the Lions beat the Patriots and the Patriots ended up winning the Super Bowl. And the Lions win was Patricia's first win as a head coach. So it was after right. Super Bowl 52 that Patricia won. Well, when you look at the Patriots roster, it's like this is not a Super, this is not a Super Bowl winning roster. Like you got Brady, obviously, but you look at Blunt, Brandon Bolden, James Devlin, where you're running backs, Deion Lewis and James White as well, obviously. The receivers, Amendola, Edelman, Hogan, Slater, Mitchell, Floyd. Tight ends, we all know who was there. On defense, some big names, obviously. Remember Malcolm Brown? Remember Trey Flowers when he was good? <laughs> uh, um, linebackers, uh, High Hightower. Uh, welcome back, Hightower, by the way. Oh, John to Hightower. Yeah, welcome back. Um, Ninkovich, uh, Van Noy, Malcolm Butler. Uh, I could go on and on about on about this roster. It's just like, how the heck did this team win a Super Bowl? Basically, um, then we look at the schedule. First four games without Brady, they go three and one without him. They they start off week one at Arizona when Arizona was good, by the way, with a win twenty three twenty one. Stunned everyone on Sunday Night Football. Stunned everyone. It was the Cardinals were heavy favorites in this game. Yeah. Because this is them coming off of their miracle season the year before. Uh, then they home opener against Miami, beat them. Uh, and then they shut out Houston on Thursday Night Football with Jacoby Brissett's first career start, 27 nothing. And then, of course, the following week, they have to have a stinker against the Bills. 16 nothing. Brady comes back at Cleveland, dominates... Uh, dominates the Bengals, beat the Steelers, uh, d- dominate the Bills. They're at the they're at the bye. Only got one loss on the year. Now, Al, do you remember this game? This was the last time the Patriots lost. It was coming the off C- the bye. It was the Seattle Sunday Night Football game. <laughs> exactly. This game broke my heart. Final play of the game. Gronk is clearly being held, and it's like interfered with. And the refs are just like, yeah, yeah. The the Seahawks had like their like ugly jerseys. I think. It was. It was strong. 
whatever. Patriots lose 31-24, uh, 7, seven and 2 on the air. And then they just go on a streak. At the 49ers, nearly blow them out. The 49ers didn't come back a little bit later on. At the Jets, barely get by the Jets. Uh, beat the Rams, beat the Ravens, smoke the uh, Broncos, smoke the Jets. 41-3, I remember that game. I was at that game, actually. And then at Miami, 35-14, close out the season, 14-2. and You remember who made the big hit that year? Of course. Julian Edelman is catching a pass, and Floyd, right? Michael Floyd. Michael Floyd. Michael Floyd made the hit hurt around the world, basically. I was I was on a plane to Jamaica when I when that game happened, and I saw it when I got off the plane, and I was like, oh my God. Like, that yeah. was a hit amongst hits. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Then we get to the playoffs. They host the four-seeded Houston Texans, beat them 34-16. Deion Lewis has a punt return in this game. Um, Yep. Patriots just looked unstoppable. Patriots looked unstoppable in this game. I was at that game. It was a great game to be at. AFC Championship against the Steelers. Smoke them 36-17. Brady absolutely dominated. Um, everyone thought, oh, the Steelers are going to get them without the fleeted football. Uh, nope. And then the Super Bowl. All right. 34-28, the final. 28-3 comeback. It, now, this game was over in the first half. We all it thought it was over. It looked horrible. It looked horrible. They couldn't stop uh, Matt Ryan, who's the MVP of the year of the league, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Julio Jones makes a miraculous catch. So another miraculous catch is made against the Patriots. But then, all of a sudden, they get hot. The Patriots get hot. And I'm at. Uh, where were you for this game? Do you remember, Al? I do. I was at my friend's house at the time, and actually, I remember at halftime of that game. Um, your boy, Tyler Milliken, his co-worker, Kevin Majori, who's on 95 Sports Up Felger Maz, I was friends with at the time, and Kevin was the only one that was saying they could make a comeback. Now, I thought he was kidding because he was known to kind of be a little sarcastic at times. But then as the comeback's happening, he's like, see, I told you something was in the works. And then it was like, okay, we got to believe at that point. So... The Falcons go up 28-3 with 8 minutes and 31 seconds left in the third quarter. Then the Patriots get hot. They go down the they go down the field, score, miss the extra points. Like, okay, there had to be something there. I'm at a party, Al. Like, I'm in college, but I went home for this game because my mom and this guy that she was dating at the time, he was having a party, and it's like he had a legit man cave and everything. My mom was like, hey, like, you should come, basically. And I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? Like, something different. Um, we were all thinking like, okay, early night for all of us, basically. But then the hit, the Dante Hightower hit, it's unblocked, strips Matt Ryan, Patriots recover. And I don't know if you're superstitious, Al, when it comes to the sports. I am. It can be. I can Everyone be. was that night at that party. 
I was sitting on a chair, like a basic, like four-legged chair, uncomfortable. I could not move for the next couple of hours, basically. Because the games, you still have another two hours to go in that game. Yeah. I did not move for the next two hours because if I even tried, if I stood up, I was getting yelled at. And I actually did stand up just because my legs started cramping up. They're like, sit your ass back down, basically. I was getting yelled at. So I sit back down. Hightower does the, you know, does the, um, does the sack, Patriots score. And then the catch. The, the greatest catch in Super Bowl history. Julian Edelman goes uh, goes out for a pass. It gets broken up, and he catches it on uh, on on the leg of a Falcons player. Comes down with it, full control and everything. Oh, that's a catch! Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a catch! That is incredible, Joe Buck. Patriots score. Patriots tie the game. I think they had another drive, and then they tie the game. Overtime. Patriots get the ball. You knew the second the Patriots got the ball, you knew it was over. I knew it was over. I started saying game. I literally said game over. Everyone's like, "Yeah, oh, shut up!" I'm like, "No, Brady's gonna go right down the field, take care of business." That's exactly what happened. They march right down the field. They throw a pass to Martellus Bennett, which. Even though he got it interfered with, he should have caught. Marty Bennett. That's a throwback right there. I love You know what I'm talking about, too. You know the exact pass that I'm throwing. And then and then the next play, the iconic toss to the white or to white. He's in Adrian with the Super Bowl. Brady has his fifth. Brady has his comeback. What a comeback. And Brady and Edelman are telling people, get the hell off the field. They got to review it. And then Belichick comes over celebrating. They're like, oh, okay, yeah, game over. We win. Cool. The greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. And once again, Al, all roads lead back to Kyle Shanahan blowing a lead in the Super Bowl. And I think that's how we got to end the episode. <laughs> I, think, I, I think you have to because just a couple of things about that. That Super Bowl in particular, couple underrated plays that happened. The Chris Long holding penalty that stalled out that Atlanta drive, that last drive when the Falcons were up eight. That was a huge call because if they don't make that call, then the Falcons might be able to get a first down and then run the clock out and still win the Super Bowl. So that's one. So that's one thing. Another thing in that game that I'm thinking about: Devonta Freeman, or Foreman. I always forget his last name. Freeman. Freeman. Hell of a game by him, by the way. One missed block that cost him. Hightower came in hot off of that side and just pancaked Matt Ryan. And then Allen Branch recovering the fumble to give the Patriots a chance there with about six minutes left in the game. That's what they did, and it was great. And if Atlanta had won that game, the MVP of this game was going to be Grady Jarrett. And resacks. Three sacks, I think, or four. I forgot what it is. But one other thing I want to point out, too, because we mentioned them as well early on. The Chiefs. They were the second seed that year in the AFC. 12-4. and four. So the, the year, I think it was the year before they got Mahomes. They were already 12-4. They were already sitting pretty without them. Right on. So, I think it, But again, no matter what. 
You can always count on Kyle Shanahan blowing a lead. Thank you, Kyle. We appreciate you. Thank you very much. Oh, man, that was a great season. And it was fun to just reminisce and bring back some good memories because I think we uh, I think we all needed it. But anyways. It was by far the, probably the best season of Major's history. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, they went undefeated. Yeah, they went undefeated. They didn't win the Super Bowl last season. Oh, oh I have two games. They'll have two games in this season. Long. 14 and 2. 14-2, lose two games, win the Super Bowl. Biggest comeback in Super Bowl history. Best season ever for the Patriots. I love that season. More than 2014. 2014 was a great year. I ran him good too. Oh, I love 16 though. 16 is so much better, in my opinion. Because basically, when I get depressed, like severely depressed in a couple weeks with no football on, I'm just going to throw on the highlights of Super Bowl 51 and make me happy. Do you have anything else you want to talk about before we head out for the week, Maddie? Nope, I just want to say sayonara to uh, to Rob Manfred. Bye. Thank God you're leaving. I'm right. Rob, right. Rob Manfred announcing that he will retire after the 2028 MLB season. So that I expect cool. some uh, I expect some juicy reactions to this uh, documentary next week, Al. Oh, I got you covered. Don't worry. And as always, don't worry. as always, make sure to rate and subscribe to the Legends Single Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, everywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Lingo Legends and make sure to follow us everywhere for our sponsor of Student Union Sports. Make sure to follow everything Student Union Sports has to offer. March Madness is right around the corner, so make sure that you get all of the advice that you need to make sure that you are winning big and making your pockets bigger. But if nothing else for this week, that is Maddie Burnett. I am your host, Alan Lahigi, and Powder will be back next week. It's vacation week for me. That'll be good. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening to episode 260, and we'll see you next week for episode 261. Yes, sir. Yeah.